0: hello 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 Ooh, how does that sound i'm dying to know i'm dying to know the mic is back baby the big mic is back i'm so happy welcome to today's show it's one of two that's right this was a little impromptu but i wanted to test out the microphone make sure that Everything is running proper for tonight's broadcast. And I thought, why not bring you a story that I've been wanting to tell for some time? Not not me wanting to tell, but wanting to share this story that I read and thought was super great. It's from a guy. Oh, my God. How do we say this guy's name? I think he's French. Felipe. Felipe Marcade who I know from Please Kill, from... PKM by Legs McNeil, the the punk rock book, this book right here. He was interviewed uh, a whole bunch and mentioned in this book, I believe. And he had a band called The Senders, and they were on the punk rock, the late 70s punk rock music circuit scene, whatever you want to call it. Uh, also an associate of some kind of Johnny Thunders. I don't remember the connection there, but there is a connection as well. And he had, he told a phenomenal story on his Facebook account. It's a public account, so I don't feel bad about sharing it with you because we love Screaming Jay Hawkins on this channel. We talk about him all the time. I like to, I've taken the moniker of Screaming Jeff from us uh, in, in honor sometimes. Sometimes I'm Jeffrey Murdergram, sometimes I'm Jeff Formaldehyde. <laughs> You know, the endless rock and roll punk rock stage names that we all love. I wanted one too. I settled with my last name, promise, for the channel. But in any case, we love Screaming Jay Hawkins. And, you know, the thing that makes Screaming Jay Hawkins so fascinating, besides the fact that he's one of the guys who, you know, sort of rooted, he was rooted in in the macabre and You know, uh, he had his whole act. He had a he was just as much of a magician as he was shock rocker in a way who jumped out of a coffin. He had a smoking skull named Henry. We've taught we have a we have a whole 90 minute program devoted to him on this channel. So go check that out. So we're going to just talk like you already know who Screaming Jay Hawkins is, right? I mean, he was there at the birth of rock and roll in the 50s. He was making music at a time before they even knew what it was, calling it rock and roll. Imagine that. Imagine that. Kind of amazing when you think that Jerry Lee Lewis is still alive and that he was one of those dudes. He was one of the OG originators. Still around, still kicking. Who knows for very much longer? Um... So anyway, so this is from a series that he does called Autograph Stories, I guess. And this is the fourth one. Autograph Story number four. Today's episode, Screaming Jay Hawkins. I'm going to share what he shared on his Facebook here. Okay, I feel okay doing this because it's public. If it wasn't public, I would definitely maybe be a little bit more selective. We got to find it first. Where is it? Where is that some bitch? here somewhere did we lose it i really want you to be able to see this this thing um it's got to be this let's go for it there it is okay so you can see this now so here it is this is the the autograph that he received to philippe to the best fellows always screaming jay hawkins amazing and uh let's let's read his story we're just gonna go into it ready so it's autograph story number four today's episode screaming Jay Hawkins this was this from the summer of 1987 I was in Los Angeles with the the backbones and we were just wrapping up a really good night at the club lingerie the place was closing up when I spotted screaming Jay Hawkins sitting alone at the bar we had opened up for him at Raj's Raj's Rajals earlier that summer but I did not get to meet him yet I walked up to him hoping to get his autograph and noticed right away that he was very drunk real quick at this time screaming Jay Hawkins has been languishing in obscurity he he got really screwed over in the 60s he never got royalties proper royalties from I put a spell on you and you know he he was always out there just sort of uh, making stuff happen in a way he has a career that's not unlike Iggy Pops for many many years you know and so he he kind of was languishing in obscurity and then Jim Jarmusch plucked him out of that obscurity and started putting him in movies and it's around this time that that starts to happen. So he's still, he's kind of all over the place. He was living in New York for a while. He's performing at a rib joint in New York. That's how he met the fuzz tones. The fuzz tones were backing him up. That was in the early 80s, maybe even the late 70s. He, hell, he even had the Misfits open up for him in 1980 at Doyle's first show at uh, Irving Plaza. So he kind of lived all over. He was living in Honolulu for a while, Hawaii, he lived and he was also in Los Angeles as well. He got he had a whole bunch of coffins too. All right. In any case, so here he is. He's at the bar. He's super drunk. Felipe, Felipe walks up. Forgive me for the mis- mispronunciations. Felipe walks up. I walked up to him hoping to get his autograph and noticed right away he was very drunk. It wouldn't be an overstatement to say that he actually was completely drunk. I introduced uh, myself to him. I was a huge fan and that this was an honor to meet him. I then asked for his autograph. I handed him a pen and a piece of paper to sign on. The piece of paper was a backbones flyer for the gig we had just played. That's all I had. I thought he would sign it on the back, which was blank, but he chose to sign it on the front. He wrote "Tu Filipee." That's how it was spelled with two p with two e's, one l and two e's. Tu Filipee. The best fellows right above the name of my band. So he's referencing the backbones right there. So I see that's just a piece of the flyer. Then this is a photo of screaming Jay underneath. That's what the image is here. So, (laughs) so he, he was endorsing the backbones, the best fellows. Why was he even there? Why? What? Because they had opened up for him, I guess, again or something. I don't know. Uh, Philippe doesn't explain that. He doesn't explain. And then he says, Always and forever screaming Jay Hawkins. I noticed that on the bar stool right next to him, he had an attache case, which was open on top. You could see a whole bunch of flash paper sticking out of it. He probably bought an entire new stash at the joke shop that day. This was the kind of flash paper he used in his show because Screaming Jay Hawkins had a show. As I said, he was just as much of a magician as he was a shock rocker. He had all sorts of trinkets and gizmos and doodads. He had chattering teeth. What's going on, Peter? Welcome to the, the stream. Long time no see. He had, um, you know, <laughs> he, he had a skull. As I said, he had the skull named Henry that smoked and he had the flash paper. He would set it on fire and sort of do it to just sort of surprise people. He would do it on stage he would do it on uh, talk, talk shows, radio shows and whatnot, um, not radio shows, on, on, on TV shows, on you know TV appearances. Basically what you did, you, you'd light a tiny piece of paper uh, that was hidden in your hand and a flame would shoot out. It's one of the magic tricks he would do on stage. He was smoking a cigarette and as he drunkenly. Tried to tear a little piece of the flash paper from his Attaché case. I realized he was about to light it up to amaze me. So, you know, that's the kind of guy that Screaming Jay Hawkins was, I guess. That he, here is a fan, you know, uh, expressing their, his, their admiration. And he's like, hey, let me, <laughs> let me do my little trick, right? He like pull, breaks off a piece of paper, breaks off a little piece of paper like he's about to, you know, do, a, do, do the flash, right? And what happens? What happens? Uh, Unfortunately, in his drunkenness, he accidentally touched the top of the whole stack of flash paper with his cigarette, causing the attache case to literally explode. So as he's trying I have a little prop here, here we use Smarties for my son's Halloween candy, right? That's the best part about being a dad. You get to eat all your son's Halloween candy when they're young. You don't want them to eat too much candy you have a little candy, dad tax, dad tax. That's what I call it. So, so he has his cigarette and he's reaching over and he ignites an entire stack of flash paper that he just bought at the joke shop, probably. And it causes an explosion. Uh, This is what Felipe says. Felipe says a huge flame shot all the way up to the ceiling. And we were both knocked to the ground By the power of the explosion. He went flying, crashing violently against the cigarette machine. My eyelashes and eyebrows were burnt to a crisp and my ears were ringing. So, I mean, if your ears are ringing, it sounds like a literal explosion. What's going on, Amy? Welcome to the chat. It sounds to me like that's a literal explosion right there. Incredible. So he's not just speaking in hyperbole here. He is speaking very figuratively that there was an explosion he was okay oh, um uh, so his ears so felipe's ears felipe felipe uh, sorry uh, felipe's ears were ringing a couple of people ran to him and helped him back up he was okay though numbed and stunned so was i the attache case wasn't As he brushed away the ashes from his jacket, he looked at me and gave me an embarrassed, I meant to do that smile and said, I got you good, didn't I? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was, that was just awesome, man. (laughs) That was so great. What was my son's Halloween costume? Oh my goodness. He was a ninja. He was dressed up like a ninja and my daughter was a princess. She went trick-or-treating for the first time and she loved it. And I loved it too because I got twice the candy to pick through. I got to pick out all my favorite little candies. I said, okay, here you go, kids. This is the dad tax. You, you eat the candy until you rot your teeth out for the night. And uh, and I'll just, uh, you know, sneak in here every once in a while and, and take a thing or two. You know, the Halloween fairy comes in, sneaks in and takes some candy. So <laughs> is that not a great story though? Like he just, you know, he he wants to get an autograph. And here is the thing: this is my hot take. Ready? This is my hot take from from the story. More than anything, ready? You have to imagine that this is not the first time that this has happened to Screaming Jay Hawkins. Screaming Jay Hawkins does two things, three things, often in the story. Okay, this is my big takeaway from this. He smokes cigarettes, right? He always is smoking cigarettes. He's always signing autographs. He is a very famous dude. I Put a Spell on You is one of the most famous, iconic songs out there. And, you know, it's one of the most covered songs out there. Nina Simone made it even more famous. Creedence Clearwater Revival made it even more famous. This is a big freaking song. Right. So people are recognizing Screaming Jay. They're coming up and they are asking him for autographs. So that's two things that happen quite often. Three, he is constantly in need of flash paper. Right. He needs flash paper. Like, you know, that he's always restocking for his shows, you know, because he was always performing. He never stopped working. That was, he was a hardworking dude. He was always out there. I mean, that's where the money was coming. That's how he made his living. He wasn't making it from royalties. He was making it from performing live. That was really what his, that was, you know, his main income. And there's a fourth thing, right? So there's, we said those three things had to happen all the time. Here's the fourth thing I didn't mention there's four four is that he was he was a drunk screaming Jay Hawkins was a drunk we know he was a drunk he you know uh, throughout his life in various stages would 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 be more drunker than others, right uh so the combination of these fourth elements in the story are what lead to the explosion of the attache case if you think over the course of 20 25 30 years, that this only happened once, I would say that you are mistaken. You are a fool. This had to have happened over and over and over again. Maybe it didn't happen every year. Maybe it happened once every five years. Maybe it happened, I don't know. But you have to imagine that this happened a whole bunch. And that's the best part of the story for me is that every once in a while, a drunk old screaming Jay would be signing an autograph and he'd tip his ash He'd be like, "All right, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna impress you, <laughs> you know, to do his thing, and accidentally light up all his flash paper, you know." Just great story, truly a great story, and that's it. I just wanted to come on here and tell you that story. Tune in tonight; we're going live, doing the streaming Evil Live show. We're going to be talking about Danzig sings Elvis live. We have special guest Robbie Bloodshed. He was there for both shows. He flew out. And was there for both shows. So we're going to hear what it was like. I got to hear a little bit of what it was like because I saw some very brief Instagram posts posted up on on Instagram. I, I don't know if it was enough for me to really make uh sort of a you know s- sort of like a, a proper you know surmization of the show, but it was cool just to hear little snippets. And uh, so check that out. Make sure to like, share, subscribe. Check out the Patreon. That's all I got to say until tonight or until next time. Peace and hair grease.